Hey, y'all. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ash. And you're listening to Hex Girlfriends. So let's talk about our spooky tales that we're bringing to the listeners tonight. You want me to go first? Sure. Just dive right into it. All right. Let me just put down my butterscotch dum-dum. Ooh. First candy corn. (laughs) You know what? Butterscotch. (laughs) Next is going to be root beer, and then I got to (laughs) go. Oh, my God. It was between this and root beer. I swear to God. Stop it. I'm the only person in my house that will will take those. Nobody else will. So then there's a whole bucket full (laughs) of butterscotch and root beer let me tell you if you go on a trip soon you can pack all the butterscotch root beer suckers you want because i won't touch any and you ain't gotta worry about somebody taking your suckers you don't like you don't like like a werther's Mm, i mean it's one of those things like i'm digging through my granny's purse and there ain't nothing else in there i love old lady candy give it all to me that is so funny (laughs) okay so the story that i have for you is a really fucking old tale. Maybe sometimes those are the best. This is about the Ikimu. I looked up how to pronounce it, so I hope that I'm pronouncing it correctly. If not, we've already established this. We're from Kentucky, and some words just ain't in our vocabulary. No matter how hard we try. This tale is so old that it predates Christ. Dang. Yeah, we're going way, oh. way back. Oh, wait a second. You forgot to sing your song. Do you want me to do a song? Is that going <laughs> to, or Jingle's yeah, going to be my it. new thing? Yeah. All right. We're going on a trip in our favorite rocket ship, sipping through time back before Christ. Like, <laughs> really serious. Before Christ. <laughs> so the Akinu, known as evil wind gusts, like, Ooh. like the wind. The Ikimu are considered to be the oldest demonic vampiric creature in history. Wow. Yeah. And this dates all the way back to ancient Sumerian and Babylonian times. Ikimu are bitter, angry souls condemned to walk the earth forever, desperate to be alive again. Oh. Yeah. You're just condemned to walk the earth. They were once humans who were denied proper burial, forgotten, wronged or murdered typically so rejected by death they lost their place in the afterlife which was no fault of their own but it was going to be their burden to carry after death and because their human spirit couldn't find peace they became vengeful evil spirits Ooh, okay rising from the grave they would suck the life from the living and especially enjoyed draining sleeping children children were their favorite we're talking like 4,000 BC. I wonder if this was ever told as like a bedtime story to children to keep them in line. (laughs) Like Krampus. Exactly. They were were always doing that shit. Yeah. They were telling (laughs) fucked up stories to kids to keep them quote unquote in line behave. So the Akimu were first written about in 4,000 BC in a spell written by a mother in hopes of keeping them away from her children. The spell also talks about using torches to quote, set fire to the images I'm not really sure what that translates to because that's ancient text, but some think this is where the belief of fire being used to scare vampires originated. Oh, okay. So they were often portrayed as winged demons, animated corpses, shadow figures, or rushing gusts of wind. I feel like those are all so different. They're all so different, right? (laughs) Well, I think you're going to find out why. 
that's that's how they became to be known as evil wind gusts from the beginning regardless of what they look like could you imagine waking up to a winged shadow demon corpse trying to suck the life out of you and how big is it again <laughs> the limit does not exist if it's a if it's a giant motherfucker yes that would that would be terrifying <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure it's something that you cannot get away from <laughs> it's like deeper scrapers oh my god that's what it is you know that that's based on a true story right i saw it from well, it was all mysteries. mysteries yes yeah isn't that fucking weird yes that was so wild yeah so imagine a jeepers creepers standing next to your bed trying to suck the life out of you the kimu were extremely hostile towards the living and they're rumored to have the ability to possess their victims its victims would be attacked repeatedly and they would literally haunt them until the day they died being stalked by the akimu was insanely stressful at times it would leave its victim for years and then come what? back. Mm-hmm. Oh, kind of like your ghost in your closet. Listen, <laughs> that's really fucking weird. And I'm feeling a certain kind of way right now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He burst your house. <laughs> I know. Don. No. <laughs> Donald, get out of here. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> At times, it would leave its victims for years, making them think that they were rid of the spirit before just randomly returning one day and continuing to attack them until they died. You thought I was gone. You thought That's I was right. rid of me. Surprise, <laughs> bitch. They would animate the victims' corpses after they haunted them to literal death. And then they would use it to carry out dark deeds and attack other humans. Like any kind of human or a specific kind of human? Nope. Just anybody. Could be a kid. It'd probably be a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's their meal of choice. That's their meal of choice. And also children are extremely vulnerable. The Ikemu's favorite method of torture, though, was taunting the victims telekinetically. They would literally infiltrate their mind and drive them mad, much like a demonic possession. Oh, God. Yeah. Not not a great time. The conjuring where they're levitating in the chair and... Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, they're saying like Satan is good. Satan is my pal. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> more like it. Making you hallucinate or the inner monologue is someone else. Like, I don't know. I just imagine all kinds of things. Very yeah. open ended. I feel like they were also believed to cause illness and disease, killing their victims extra slowly, you know, really savoring that life source. Is there anything terrible that they don't do? Again, the <laughs> limit does not exist. <laughs> They've covered all the bases. <laughs> That's right. So there are many ways that Ikimu can be created, not limited to improper burials and murders. If you died in the desert alone, Ikimu. If you were a woman and you died while pregnant or during childbirth, Ikimu. So even like babies and bellies are not safe? No. Well, at least the vessel's <laughs> not. The so, vessel's uh, not. So yeah. I, Im- I imagine that you are also not. Passenger because... is not safe either. <laughs> So if a person uh, dies without ever having experienced love, Ikimu. If a person was not survived by any family, Ikimu. This is heartbreaking. Kind of sucks, right? But then they turn into these crazy evil demonic spirits. So I don't I don't feel sorry for them then. Uh-uh, no. Dying due to starvation or heat exhaustion, Ikimu. Basically... If you do not want to turn into one of these things, make sure you stay out of the desert, stay hydrated, don't have kids, love a pet, and maybe hire a lawyer to handle your assets and burial arrangements. Just, you know, CYA. Animals are safe? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's a plus. <laughs> doesn't feed on animals. Just It just wants the humans. 
one of the reasons why maybe it is so many different things in its physical form is because the lore behind Akimu spread to the ancient Babylonians, Egyptians, and Inuit, each culture fearing the same demon around the same time in history. But there's no proof of the existence of Akimu, but it is quite curious that in various parts of the world, different cultures believed in a similar evil without a way of communicating to each other. Ooh. Do they have different names for it? I bet they that's did. possible. Oh, but I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that it was very similar throughout different parts of the world and they had no idea. Of- yeah. Well, it was all concentrated to that area, you know, Babylonia, yeah. Egypt, that whole area. Um, I'm not an expert. I don't know what language they all spoke, but yeah, they had, they didn't have a way to at least send messages or communicate. That's why it's just a very interesting story is because there are similar stories in different places and it all does the same thing. So that is going to keep me up tonight a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was very interesting. I had never heard that before. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the kimi bite. Seriously. The fact that it's that old and like vampires have evolved now to having like diamond skin. (laughs) This is the skin of a killer Bella. (laughs) That's a good one. The more you know. The more you know. And I like how our... It sounds like our stories are going to be really different. I kind of like that. We got a whole like hodgepodge variety. Oh, Um, good. So we are going to Missouri Mm. to a little place called Zombie Road. Say what? Buckle up because it's it's time to head on over to Wildwood where we can take a stroll down a romantic little path known as Zombie Road. So this is Missouri's number one tourist destination. Wildwood is a smaller town with a population of about 35,000 people. Okay. Yeah, so it's not like teeny tiny, but it's smaller than like Nashville or something. Yeah, bigger than Twin Peaks. There you go. It's located roughly 30 minutes west of St. Louis. Zombie Road is actually older than the town because Wildwood is super young, only having become a legit town in 1995. Wow. (laughs) We are older than this town. That's fucking weird. (laughs) Uh-huh. When you think of the world's most haunted places, how often do roads come to mind? Not very often. There are people, a lot of good ones. Yeah, people talk about seeing ghosts as the, on the road while they're driving, so I guess it's possible. For me, I almost never think about haunted roads as far as being a place, but it is, it's so true. And there are so many different roads all over the world. Mm-hmm. So this road is known to be in the top 10 most haunted roads in the world. Okay. In the world. All right. Click, click. I'm in the car. When are we going? I mean, like legit, when are we going? <laughs> <laughs> I got my picnic basket all ready I'm to ready go. I'm ready to go. That's right. <laughs> I got my backpack. It's got all my shit in it. Let's do this. Formerly known as Lawler Ford Road, it isn't very long. And if it's haunted, that's probably for the best. Yeah. This road stretches through a valley of forest oak land hills. Oh, that sounds nice. Unless you look at uh, pictures of this place in the dark, it's not so romantic. It ends near the Merrimack River in Glencoe. Originally built in the late 1860s, this road was used to provide access to the Merrimack and the railroad tracks located along the river. Now, the road was no longer in use by the 1970s. In 2010, it was freshly paved and renamed Rock Hollow Trail. If you're trying to find Zombie Road, that's how you would look it up. 
what that's like almost 50 years that that road was not being used for right it's like a hiking trail now and a bicycling trail oh wow so okay. there yeah during the day you can enjoy this trail by walking or by bike but at night forget about it it's off limits after dark and you could face a nice little fine of a thousand bucks if caught trespassing Damn, a thousand dollars. And I've seen a million comments on different articles saying, y'all, this place is saturated with cops at night. Don't even try to come up here. Okay, I got to know what happens then, because, I mean, they don't just fucking put the police up there for nothing. That's a waste of taxpayers dollars, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, a thousand dollar fucking fine. Yeah, it's got to be something serious. Exactly. It's kind of like the uh, the goat man in Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it reminds me. That's of. right. It's it's a legit hazard. So the first rumors of paranormal activity started in the 1950s. According to local legends, Zombie Road is inhabited by the spirits of Native Americans. This road is claimed to have been constructed on an ancient Native American burial ground. Uh-uh. Have we not learned our lesson? <laughs> nope, we sure haven't. Fucking idiots. I know. Leave those sacred graves alone. Do not disturb them. Seriously, why can't it go around it? Yeah. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. Can't can't, go through uh, it. Got to go around it. I feel like with you saying that, you like unlocked a core memory of my childhood. (laughs) Like, man, I can just think of it clear as day. Also, spirits of Confederate soldiers and many more wandering souls, including souls of ghost children. Who? And that of a woman who was struck by a train in 1876 have been reported. Want to know what I think is scary as fuck about this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The fact that this road has 13 wooden bridges. What? And it's not that long. I think it's like 3.6 miles, this little road. 13 bridges? And there's 13 little wooden bridges. Like, I don't like it. I can't. First of all, it's not a good number. No. (laughs) <laughs> no, you, it had to be 13. Yeah, why couldn't it be 12, though? I can just imagine walking over one of these motherfuckers and something grabbing my foot from the side. Mm-mm. Or a damn troll appearing at the end of the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay the toll. It makes me think of Pon- Monty Python when it's mm-hmm. like, what is your favorite color? <laughs> a local from this area said that each of these bridges is a gate to the other side. And with each one you cross... The paranormal activity increases. Shut up. I'm just saying that's what I heard, girl. That's what I was told. <laughs> I mean, 13 is a, not, it's not a good number. No, it's not. And um, it was a local, so I'm going to trust what the locals have to say about this bridge and mm-hmm. this road. There are also abandoned shacks along this road. Little bitty abandoned shacks. <laughs> what? Yeah. So <laughs> the picture I have in my mind is right. They're just they're just dilapidated, you know, little old shacks. So another sinister and maybe even more believable legend is the one about a serial killer, also known as the zombie killer, mm. who escaped from a local psychiatric hospital in the 1950s. Apparently, he fled and disappeared in the trees, leaving only his blood-soaked clothes along Lawler Road, which is now known as zombie road it's believed that he hid in one of the abandoned shacks i mean i would makes <laughs> makes sense nobody else is using it have you seen mortgages right now give, yeah give me yeah. a shack on zombie road okay this is prime real estate <laughs> this area where he hid is a popular place in the 1950s for teens to sneak away and party drink and make out kind of like mm-hmm. kind of like a lover's lane right okay yeah that makes sense that tracks Mm-hmm. So these teens 
you know, were his main focus and he would come out and attack them. In fact, that's about when the area started to get its reputation as a dwelling place for the dead. Again, these are merely legends. Okay, but who's going to make the movie? I mean, the zombie killer Mm -hmm. fucking teens are out there drinking probably doing drugs having sex all in the, the 1950s like, scandalous I mean, as hell i mean this, that's a, yeah that's a win-win right there this movie's that's making a, itself right here right now copyright yeah, right now blockbuster blockbuster <laughs> hit right here <laughs> don't y'all dare go taking our ideas <laughs> <laughs> what would we call the movie oh zombie, zombie road, road. <laughs> <laughs> you know just tell it how it is oh that's so funny so <laughs> The only proven the only proven truth is the sad and tragic death of Della Hamilton McCullough, the woman who was struck by the train. Many yeah. believe she is the main paranormal presence along this road. Now let's get into some of the spooky sightings that allegedly have been seen along this road. Oh hell yeah. One ghost sighting includes a pissed off old woman who yells at passersby from one of those shacks. <laughs> Grandma Rebecca, is that you? <laughs> But with further investigation, the woman is never there. So she'll say something shitty to you. And you're like, who the fuck said that? And she go, <laughs> just say something <laughs> shitty to you. Petty. I mean, I could get down with that being my ghost story in the afterlife. I mean, you know. I would I would scream the most random things. I'd be like, hey, your balls are showing. <laughs> what the fuck? Sphincter says what? <laughs> and then be like, who said that? What? And then what? I would love, I mean, I, I'm down for that. Yeah. yeah. Put me down for that, for sure. That makes sense for you. I wonder if my accent gets thicker, you know, once I oh, pass over to the other side. Can't If you lose it, then it, the deal's over. Oh, yeah, because you can't say, your balls are showing. It's no. your balls are showing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look now, your mom's got her tits out. <laughs> Don't look now, your mama's got her boobs out. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Never forget that being your ringtone for your mother. yes yes that was my ringtone when for when my mama called oh (laughs) there was another story of sightings believed to be the ghost of a boy who fell from the bluffs along the river and died whose body was never found a little ghost child no locals have reported sightings of shadow people disembodied footsteps and the eerie feeling of being watched don't like that the paranormal sighting that I believe could have some truth is the railroad track spirit, the one I was just telling you about. The lady. Yes, the lady. Several accounts of a translucent figure in white have been reported. The figure walks up the abandoned railroad and then disappears. Or it glows with a bluish white light and disappears when you get too close. I mean, could this be Della McCullough? You know, that one makes the most sense because she ain't trying to bother anybody and she ain't trying to be bothered. Yeah, it's just like she's wandering up and down the tracks, which is kind of sad. Yeah, that is kind of sad. Besides the wandering spirit that is believed to be Della McCullough, it is possible that the spirit may be one of the many train accident victims that occurred along the rail lines. Over the years, the sharp bends in these tracks were the site of frequent derailments to the point of that part of the service being discontinued. I decided to go looking online for people that have had, you know, paranormal experiences on Zombie Road. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's a few that I have found, and (laughs) this is one user's interesting experience. Interesting being the main word here. I quote, it was me, one of my best friends, and one of our lady friends. (laughs) 
We were home from college for winter break, and we were walking relatively close to each other, trying to keep our lady friend comforted. (laughs) (laughs) Then in front of us, we see a big black shape or something. It howled at us, and we ran in the other direction for about a minute. No one saw what it was, but it just snarled at us. It seemed like it was about one foot by one foot. Thought it was a possum or something. We walked back very fast. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, from that story, I gathered that apparently there are demonic wolf possums out there. (laughs) Can we add that? Yeah, that sounds so legit. It probably passed over from one of those damn bridges. Who am I? I don't know. Another experience was from someone who walked down Zombie Road and filmed his experience. He claimed while he was out there walking, he heard a little girl's voice coming from the trees. He heard the voice say, Mommy? No. (laughs) And he got the fuck out of there with quickness. He said when he went to check out the footage, everything had been erased. Of course. I don't know. That's a easy way to be like, I don't know, man, that's my story. And it's true. I'm sticking to it, but I don't have any proof. So I saw something similar on the bell, Witch, and mm-hmm. it was this person that claimed to have lived on the property and experienced so many things. But then like when somebody asked him to produce these pictures and things that he said he had, he was like, oh, well, this was, you know, 15 years ago. And it's like right. pictures or it didn't happen. Exactly. So when you go in and you spout these things, you have to have proof. So don't even open your mouth. Like, yeah, don't say you had a camera if you don't want people asking for pictures. Right. <laughs> Duh. You got proof. <laughs> have any of you ever heard of Zombie Road out there? Do y'all have any experiences? Email us and tell us all about it. Or maybe just, you know, email us about a road that you've heard of. Yeah. Or email us about an old lady yelling at you from the shack on the side it's of the road. <laughs> maybe she's sleeping in there she's like do you know how hard it is to fucking sleep when you're dead (laughs) everybody always says you can sleep when you're dead well guess what (laughs) i'm not sleeping damn it sleeping y'all teenagers out here (laughs) (laughs) that was my story of zombie road well you know when it started off i was like "Ooh, i want to go to there and now i'm like "Mm, i know i don't know you don't want to hear a little girl go mommy no, I just actually don't want to pay a thousand dollars. Yeah, fine. <laughs> yep. One comment was like, I mean, a thousand bucks for a damn good night. I'm down. Nothing's guaranteed. So you're just uh-huh. what happens if you go and then you're like, wow, this was a bust because it's not real. <laughs> and I have to pay a thousand bucks. That's the scariest part. You're right. <laughs> well, that was fun. And um, I do not want to go there. So where I do want to go, though, is to Iceland. Maybe it's just me. But when I think of the various witch trials that took place in the 16th and 17th century, my mind does not go to our Nordic friends. My mind goes to England, New England. Right, exactly. Places heavily influenced by Christianity and the Catholic Church. Right. Right. Like, I honestly, I never would have stumbled across this story if a friend of mine hadn't recently posted photos from a trip to Iceland on Instagram. Iceland. Oh my God, I've heard it is beautiful there. Yeah. He visited a museum solely dedicated to Iceland's history of witchcraft and sorcery. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about Icelandic witches, so bring it on. Yeah, I did not. I did not either. They sound powerful as fuck, though. Doesn't it? I don't know. I just think of strong people when I think of Iceland. So I (laughs) feel like they would be legit witches. Yeah. You know. There are going to be a lot of words used (laughs) 
that I do not know how to pronounce, but I tried my best to get their proper pronunciations. Icelandic is hard. So in Iceland, the belief in magic and supernatural powers played a viable role in popular folklore. There were two categories of magic. The first was galdor, meaning white or black spells performed with the help of various magical items, books, symbols, runes, etc. The second category, which I cannot pronounce, spelled F-J-O-L-K-Y-N-N-G-I. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of consonants. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure in their alphabet, it is probably not the same letters. And so... (laughs) I like how they sound, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But this type of magic referred to more wisdom and knowledge of the unknown. And this was part of Norse culture. And it would go on to survive in Iceland more than any other Nordic countries after Christianization. In the 16th century, to ensure religious conformity... Buckle up. An elite foreign power would introduce witch trials in areas with weak Christianity. Oh. Uh-huh. So, really? That's the way they put those two and two together. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They would introduce witch trials in areas with weak Christianity. Now, unlike many other European countries, Iceland actually embraced magic, and it was viewed very highly on the island. Trials were conducted after Reformation in Iceland. In 1564, a decree ordered bailiffs to report any and all heresy or whatever they believed to be heresy. I was going to say that could be a plethora of things. I mean, her eyes are a certain color, which, you know, it doesn't matter. Oh, that's so scary. Whatever they thought was heresy. Pull my finger. Witch. Uh, oh, she's funny. <laughs> she's a witch. Yeah, she's got a personality. No, no woman's but... funny. Right. <laughs> so they had to report this belief of heresy to authorities in order to establish religious conformity during the Reformation. Basically, Iceland was doing great. And then the church came in. And when Christians caught wind of this, they said, hey, this is threatening. And we're going to just come in and fuck, fuck it, it up. up. The trials in Iceland were conducted based on the old definition of sorcery. So sorcery by this definition in time had nothing to do with the devil at all. In fact, it divided black and white magic and only saw black magic as punishable if it injured another person. Okay. I was wondering about the uh, boundaries between the two colors of mm -hmm. magic. Yeah. So if you're doing white magic, you're doing good things. If you're doing black magic, it... You know, it doesn't always necessarily mean it's evil. Like mischief or something? Or just like anything to do with money seems wrong. Because again, like this was all pretty harmless, what, what they've described. And mm-hmm. and it was only punishable if it injured someone else. Or I think injured is an open term. It doesn't necessarily have to be a physical harm. Okay. okay. Based on one of the accounts here. Okay. Even then, it was not punishable by death. So you just basically got a slap on the wrist and, you know, yeah, like what ass. if you fucked around and said the wrong word and then gave some, yeah. somebody grew a tail? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it could have been an accident, right? Yeah. Fun fact, in Iceland, the majority of those tried and executed were men. Stop it. I did not see that coming. Nope. Curveball. Additionally, only one other European country shared this in common with Iceland, and that was Finland. Really? The men were outnumbered as far as witch hunt goes. 
Wow. Yeah. Not only do I not think of Iceland when I think of witches, I do not think of men or sorcerers in this vein. Anyways, talking right. about witch trials and witch hunts, I think of European women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. An example of a typical case of the 16th century Icelandic witchcraft was in 1554. This was so fucking long ago. A priest used what they would have referred to as black magic in attempts to entice a young girl to indulge in sexual intercourse. Damn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that changed much. Yeah. <laughs> he must have been using black magic. He wasn't grooming her. It's not funny, but it's a little funny. Like It's God, funny because really? it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous uh, to assume that black magic was used for a priest to try to have sex with a child. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. God. It's just silly. Uh, it is very silly. Yeah. They, they had to. It's silly to us now, but back then they had to come up with an excuse for something. Right. His punishment, loss of office and exile. Not death. Nope. He was using black magic and was not put to death. He was oh. just basically kicked out and said, you know, you can't hang out here anymore. So in 1589, it's notated that Iceland, again, was very weak with Christianity and did not believe in the Christian devil, Satan. And anything that was deemed satanic didn't really mean shit to them. I mean, because that's that's not what their idea of the devil was. Right. Um, and it was no, in no way tied to the types of magic that they were performing. Mm hmm. So it wasn't until the Danish got hip to the idea based on Christian demonology and interpretation of magic as witchcraft being tied to Satan or the Christian definition that magic conducted by a witch was done after a pact with the devil, that this would even be introduced to Danish clergy in the 17th century. Okay. So the idea spread after the early 1600s publication of the first witchcraft books by Good Munder. We're going to go with it. <laughs> Einer Zone and Paul Bjornsson. Okay. In 1630, Denmark introduced the Danish Witchcraft Act of 1617 on Iceland. Between 1604 and 1720, there would be 120 witch trials on Iceland with 22 confirmed executions. So, what happened with the others? They were let go. They were exiled or they just couldn't get, they couldn't get it to stick. Okay. And I, I didn't think, think that people, even mattered like the getting it to stick part. <laughs> and, well, and I think that the people truly didn't care. It was just all under the direction of the Danish clergy that, that yeah. were running the show. So, you know, a lot of people were just probably like, damn, well, fuck this, you know, the most intense period for these trials uh, would take place between 1667 and 1685. And that jives because here in America, in 1692 was when we had our executions. So it's like running parallel, like, you know, right. That was a hot spot place. in time, yeah. that stretch of time. Yeah. So of the 22 executions, only two of them were women and only one of them is actually confirmed. This was extremely uncommon in the history of witch trials, especially right. in Europe. And the reason for this, though magic typically wasn't performed by women, it was during the Catholic Middle Ages that almost men only were accepted into convents and Latin schools on Iceland. So their literacy essentially gave them the upper hand and offered better opportunities for that type of magic that I couldn't pronounce. Yeah. Was wisdom of the unknown. Basically, they were well-educated. Mm -hmm. And so that gave them the upper hand to read books and learn and do all of these things 
if you can't read good, then you can't do magic good. Right. So <laughs> I can't spell those. So, I can't spell those words and those spells anyway. And honestly, like this is probably the only time in history being a woman was to their advantage. <laughs> like, you know what? Y'all seem like you're doing good over there by yourselves. These men were actually considered heroes amongst the population, such as a John Goodmanson. Um, I wasn't expecting you said it. I wasn't expecting for you to say John after John. all these hard words. He was a poet and a sorcerer and was considered a pioneer of Icelandic literary history. Okay. He was probably most famous, though, for allegedly using magic to turn away Turkish slave ships from the oh. Icelandic coast more than once. That. More than once. More than once. Wow. I would love to have seen what he did to do that. Yeah. Wait till you hear his next act. Okay. He was also said to have killed two ghosts with his poems. Now, oh. I wish I could have found more on that. Twinkle, twinkle on a star. <laughs> um, <laughs> you did. You're double dead because you're a ghost. So I don't know any more than that, but that alone, I was like, okay, so he's a bad motherfucker is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe he was like the first rapper spitting some lyrics and they just couldn't handle the greatness of it. Oh shit, it's too much. I feel the Holy <laughs> <Too> Spirit. <great. laughs> Holy Spirit activate. Holy yes, Spirit exactly. Activate. See, he was out there doing God's work, damn it. <laughs> Y'all trying to say he was a witch. So he was he was tried several times during the trials, but they just couldn't get it to stick. He consistently avoided the death penalty in the 1630s over and over again they tried they tried they tried but i mean he was a fucking hero yeah he was a literal icelandic treasure and they were like you will not take john goodmanson away from us so there were two females who were put to death like i said but only one of them is actually confirmed and this will be fun watch me try to pronounce okay thurider olafsdatir thurider olafsdatir say that three times fast i can't even say it one time slow <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> um but i will provide the spelling that's t-h-u-r-i-d-u-r is the first name third year okay okay a woman who never ever dealt with the galdur which is that white black magic yeah she's she never was known by anybody to have ever dealt with anything like that no textbooks no nothing in 1677, she and her son, John, moved to Vestfjord, and upon arrival to their new parish, John boasted that his mom could walk on water, drumming up all kinds of rumors of witchcraft and sorcery. Really? Mm-hmm. He Being lied. like Jesus over here, gliding on the gliding on the waves. <laughs> I mean, what were, yeah, what was the intention behind that? Like, my mom is Christ-like, or my mom's a witch? Again. I don't get it. Shh, don't tell let yeah. her walk on water. Let her have her, her fun. Yeah. John, why are you running your mouth like that? Yeah. Keep it on the DL, man. So when the vicar's wife, her name was Helga, fell ill, they thought that Thurider <laughs> had it's, to. I just, you okay, know what? It sounds like when you like play a record backwards. <laughs> it does. And you know what? There's probably some kind of like rolling of the tongue that I'm missing on this. And that's why it. I just sound like a hilljack trying to say it. So I'm from Kentucky. Leave me alone. So when the vicar's wife Helga fell ill, they thought that she had to be the reason why. 
they suspected that she must have used magic to make that woman sick. So let her up. The truth is her asshole son, John told everyone that on their journey to their new parish, she passed all the waterfalls without horse or boat. Therefore she must have been a witch. Everyone believed his lies and much to his surprise, they burned his ass too. <laughs> John could try to get that life insurance and he got you know what <laughs> <got> roasted too <laughs> he sure did they said you know what karma is a bitch and if your mom's a witch instant karma mm-hmm. instant yeah. karma so he was uh he was not expecting that when he was telling his tall tales what did they say were they like you got the blood of a witch you're going to or well maybe it was because he was boasting about it rather than being scared oh okay you know yeah, you should have shown more fear instead of been like ha ha look what my mom can do my mom is better than your mom she can walk That's on right. water so the last person to be executed in iceland for witchcraft was svein arneson and that was in 1683 again with the illnesses svein was charged with causing the illness of a dean's wife and was burnt at the stake oops it wasn't until 1686 that all executions would stop when Denmark passed a new law stating that any and all death sentences for witchcraft were to be confirmed by the high court in Copenhagen before they could be carried out. So were they a little bit more lenient, open-minded maybe? Well, mm. Copenhagen refused. Oh, oh. Yeah, they said, <laughs> you, okay. you didn't ask me first before y'all went ahead and did this. <laughs> That's right. They decided to ask for forgiveness and not permission in this case because Oops. Copenhagen was like, no. We're not doing that. So anyone accused thereafter would just be like exiled to Copenhagen. Um, Moral of the story here is that everyone was having a good time until the church moved in, forcing the beliefs of the Christian devil, Satan, on the Danish. And I'm glad that they grew out of this, um, but I am still sad that it took over 100 years for them to just leave people alone. Right. But, you know, all in all, only 20 people in that span of time. you know what I mean? It's just right, right. not that it was okay, but it's like they really were not trying to do what everybody else was trying to do with these trials. You mm-hmm. know, they just wanted to be left alone. Dedicated to the magical history of Iceland is the Museum of Icelandic Sorcery and Witchcraft. As described on Google, mystical displays on witchcraft, including spell books, replica human remains, plus a cozy cafe. Say no more. Human remains in Cozy Cafe. Sign me up. I'm I'm in. First class ticket. <laughs> now, I would like for you to Google necro pants. Oh god. Is that hair? Is it's that human skin? But why is the so... hair still there? Like it's been Well, that's a replica. So oh. <laughs> it's probably like doll hair. Why did I forget stitched? that it was a replica? That is not okay. The museum is a privately operated museum, but it is open to the public. The cafe is cleverly named Restaurant Galdor, which is named after the white-black magic belief. And it serves up meat soup, seafood soup, lots of vegan options, as well as beer, wine, and coffee. Now, the museum was first opened in 2000 in the coastal town of Holmavik. Holmavik? Holmavik. That sounded really, that sounded like legit, like on on spot i hope so especially if the person that inspired this research hears it because they just came back from there they're gonna be like you bitch you said that wrong as fuck (laughs) (laughs) we tried our best i tried so hard 
It's in the coastal town of this place. It's H-O-L-M-V-A-I-K, Holmavik. And research for the museum began in 1996 and contains various permanent and special exhibitions on subjects like Icelandic magical staves, which are symbols, grimoires, spellbooks, and even necropants. That's pants made from human skin believed to have magical properties that would bring an abundance of money to the person wearing these pants. I will post a photo on our Instagram. So your eyes I mean, get... you might have to put a smiley face over the dick there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, not if I, I'll hide it in the slide of pictures. Can you imagine like some guy wearing these pants and be like, my, my real dick is taped down in between my legs. I swear it's bigger than this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I imagine? I imagine someone that, you know, gets a thousand dollar fine and they can't pay it. So they put on the necro pants and do the necro pants dance. <laughs> So that they can get some <laughs> coins to fall out of their throat. But like, hey, I'll trade you these necro pants <laughs> for the thousand dollars. Can I use this as payment? <laughs> right. Yes. Can I pay in necro pants? I, I'll post photos of this on our Instagram so that Jarl's eyes get to see what mine had to see. Just imagine that Buffalo Bill was not making a, a woman's suit. Um, he was taking the bottom half of a man, scroting all, and just turned it into pants. And y'all should see the hair on these legs and these feet. Yeah, it's it's like it's so um, funny. It's like how they dry leather or like a uh, cowhide. You know, <laughs> it looks like stretched silly putty that fell on uh, your grandma's <laughs> carpet in, in 1987. <laughs> and <laughs> oh god, <laughs> well these things are fucking gross as shit. They look really nasty, but apparently they would bring great wealth to whoever wore them and did their, their little magic for some money now wikipedia would lead one to believe that while eating meat soup you're observing these meat pants but i did confirm per our source necro pants are actually in the hallway that leads towards the cafe thank god i'm thinking how am i gonna have a biscuit and some meat soup while i'm looking at uh, the lower <laughs> half of a of a man uh, yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> so if you ever get the chance to visit iceland put this place on your itinerary could you imagine somebody putting those on his pants i can just imagine me trying to put it on and be like these aren't my size these are too tight <laughs> yeah what about that <laughs> don't have them in my size <laughs> go to our instagram check this picture out it is a it's a site i have it, no words yeah <laughs> um also Go out and give our friend Matt a follow on Instagram. We'll tag him for a photo credit on our post because he sent me some really cool pictures from this museum. Super cool dude. Excellent photographer. He's not limited to flesh pants photographs. And he's an accomplished animation editor for shows like Rick and Morty and the Boys Diabolical. Oh, yes. Hey, Matt. Yeah, go give him a follow. Yeah, go give him a follow. He's a really excellent photographer. And he's got, an I think, an Etsy and everything. He sells his shots. So uh, he really inspired me to tell a very interesting story that I, I had it. never fucking heard of. I mean, never. No. You know? And that gives me so much inspiration to look up other stories that we haven't heard of, especially throughout time. The world's a big place and it really so is. many histories in so many countries that are different than what you're used to. So That's right. thanks, Matt. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> are you ready for my, my last spooky tale? I'm ready for your last spooky tale, but I'm nervous because you said this one might make me squirm. We took a stroll. We buckled up and took a stroll. That's right. We did. We we got our seatbelts on and then we walked. <laughs> <laughs> 
we walked with just seatbelts on. Yeah, I walked, and then Ash had her segue yes. <clears throat> down a spooky road. Well, now let's hop in a boat on over to the most haunted lake in America, Lake Lanier. Oh shit! I've heard about this place. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the name, and I know that it's it's mm-hmm. uh, something. It's got a reputation. Mm-hmm. So. You know, choosing this tale was a no-brainer for me because for years I have heard stories and tragedies coming from this body water of hell, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so And if you're familiar with this cursed lake, I would not be surprised. First of all, it's popular, but it's got a reputation for the record number of deaths, hauntings, and bizarre history. Is this also in Missouri? Or is it Michigan? No, this is in Georgia. Oh, it's in Georgia. Okay. This is in Georgia. Was... <clears throat> okay. So it has also caught the attention of Hollywood with the releasing of a new movie titled Lanier. So really? and, yeah, it's coming out soon. <sighs> and it's also a filming location for the hit Netflix show Ozark. Okay. You can even find an article about Lake Lanier on CNN.com. So, I mean, it's pretty known. Yeah. I mean, if it's in the news, it's got a reputation. Before getting into the nightmare nitty gritty of this lake, let's talk about its history and location. Officially known as Lake Sydney Lanier, it resides in North Georgia, about an hour outside of Atlanta. The lake was named after a poet and musician, Sydney Lanier. It was created in the 1950s when the United States Army Corps of Engineers built Beaufort Dam for flood control, power generation, and recreation. Hmm. Sounds innocent enough, right? Sure, yeah, sure does. Well, when the waters filled the reservoir... They left over 250 families homeless and destroyed 50,000 acres of farmland. Mm. 50,000. 750 families took the money that the government offered them, you know, to get them out of here, but soon regretted it when they realized they couldn't survive on what the government had given them. Oh, well, imagine that. Right. So it's the largest lake in Georgia, having nearly 700 miles of shoreline and spans 58 square miles. The lake reaches through five Georgia counties. You got Dawson, Forsyth, Gwinnett, Hall, and Lumpkin. That's pretty big so, then. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Currently, Lake Lanier has about 625 billion gallons of water, wow. the equivalent of 950,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. Wow. So is it big and deep, or is it just big? I think the deepest part is 160 feet. Wow. Along with the displacing of the 250 families that apparently didn't take the money, they also forced 20 cemeteries to relocate. Yeah. How big were these cemeteries? And how many graves did they disturb in the process? Everybody disturbing graves around here. Too it many. Makes, it makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it. There is a lot. I'm not going to go into great detail since we aren't like a true crime podcast, but this history is, you know, it definitely needs to be mentioned that, um, all the families were a part of a thriving African-American community known as Oscarville. Oscarville is now at the bottom of Lake Lanier, and what happened to these people is truly heartbreaking, filled with injustice, racism, and hate. And I'm sure the negative energy of how they were treated and what happened to these people contribute to the hauntings that have been reported. That would make sense. That's a lot of bad, uh, a lot of bad energy. Yes. Apparently, historians believe that not all the cemeteries were actually relocated and that there are numerous trapped souls beneath the waters of Lake Lanier. I believe that. You know, the history is creepy, but it's also tragic and creates horrible visuals of remains that could be under you. 
Yeah. If you decide to go into Lake Lanier to swim or relax, Mm -mm. (laughs) those graves underneath you. Nope. Don't like it. Next thing you know, some dead guy's grabbing your ankle and pulling you under. Oh, well, get ready. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) But kind of. So, you know, it's like hashtag lake life or more like hashtag swimming with death. I would rather be at the lake, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, no, thanks. And y'all know Ash won't even try dipping a toe in this lake. No, ma'am. Probably got zombievers up in that bitch. Listen. Brain eating amoebas, flesh eating bacteria, dead bodies. I bet Swamp Thing vacations on this lake. <laughs> <laughs> so if you went diving, what would be something you could possibly find in there? Well, oh. how about an old auto racing track? What? <laughs> yes. There is a racing track that was left behind. It remains at the at the bottom of the lake. But the bleachers were removed so they wouldn't float to the surface. Oh, for Christ's sake. That's so tacky. Isn't that to, wild? To just mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll just cover it with water. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And um, block buildings and structures that didn't extend above a depth of 35 feet also remain at the bottom of Lake Lanier. You got houseboats, you got boating accidents, and even car crashes have been reported to be at the bottom of this lake. Oh my gosh. So just so it's almost like it's frozen in time because they literally just flooded it. Yeah, they literally flooded it. They got a lot of the wooden structures, I believe. Now, but they left the trees, which we'll talk we'll talk about in a second. But there have been reports of people saying, I think I heard church bells and that there's a church under there. And then, you know, there have been people saying, Well, no, it can't be a church because, you know, it's a wooden structure. Then there's like trees and stuff that were left that have caused accidents and drownings and stuff so it's yeah it's a it's a big clusterfuck of a mystery and a lot of bad juju too oh for sure so you know i was talking about you know the car crashes i'm thinking car crashes what so on christmas day of 1964 a driver lost control of their car while crossing a bridge the car then flipped into the lake where five children and two adults drowned oh man here's another one a car carrying two women swerved off a bridge in April of 1958 and crashed into the lake. Some say the ghost of one of the women is known as the Lady of the Lake. She wanders the bridge at night, wait for it, wearing a blue dress. Well, of course, there's no other attire in the afterlife. <laughs> one of the many ladies in the afterlife wearing blue. If you're not wearing blue, apparently mm. that is the color. Did you not get the memo? There are also stories of people taking their children camping on the lake, then waking up at night to find their children walking towards the lake. (gasps) No. The child will usually claim that there was something or someone calling them and telling them to enter the lake. Mm -mm. (laughs) Over the years, divers have reported strange sightings beneath the murky waters. Get this. There are stories of catfish in there that's as big as a Volkswagen. That makes me want to fucking vomit. That's disgusting. Why is that fish that big? Um, medical waste from zombies. There's something wrong there. One diver told local media that sometimes he felt body parts in the lake while he was down there. <laughs> oh, he said, "He said, yeah, you reach out into the dark because it's dark water and you feel an arm or a leg and it doesn't move. My question is, 
why the fuck are you still diving? <laughs> but first of all, I'm not going in there to begin with, but Mm-mm. yeah, that would end my diving career. Could you even keep, yeah, could you even keep a career if it involved possibly touching random body parts in the dark water? No, I don't think so. No, for me. <laughs> and divers claim it just feels different because the water is similar to gelatin. It feels like jello. I'm never eating jello. What? Again. The water feels like jello? That's what they say. Ew, and this is like a hot spot for vacationing. <laughs> no. I'm taking maybe at a certain depth. Maybe it starts oh. getting but why is it gelatinous? I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know either. Maybe we... it's all the cartilage in the in the graves. I don't know. I'm I don't scared. know. We got meat rain and we've got <laughs> g- gelatinous <laughs> lakes. I don't it's too yes. much. It's too much, too much. Historian Lisa Russell had done research on Lanier. Now, she doesn't believe in hauntings, but she does believe in curses. And this light could definitely be cursed because of how I told you about the racial injustice and the land being taken from the government. Mm -hmm. She said when the government flooded farmland to create the lake, they decided they weren't going to cut hardly anything down like the trees. So they didn't cut the trees down. So the the debris from the flooded farmland is what pulls a lot of swimmers down and cause drownings. Now, this part blows my mind. So this lake has claimed 700 deaths throughout its history, with over 200 people having died in accidental drownings or boating accidents since 1994. That's just 19 years ago. That is not 19 years ago. Is that 29 years ago? (laughs) Oh, hell. (laughs) I mean, just this year, a man jumped into Lanier and was electrocuted after he entered the water. What? Like he just this year, he jumped off a rock into the lake and was electrocuted and died. By what? I'm looking at you it's like, give me answers, bitch. <laughs> I want answers it's too. What I mean, it's ter- not, we're not laughing at what happened. It's just, it's so bizarre that you can't help. But you just, can't explain it. You cannot explain it. So even with all these deaths, 10 million people visit Lake Lanier every year. That's the same number of people that visit Disney's Epcot. What? Yes. What is the attraction? I don't know. Living on the edge? Shit. I don't I know. I guess. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not interested. Recently, there's a Margaritaville on this lake, okay? Okay. They, they just made a statement this year that swimming is no longer allowed in their water park or their water park lake area. But they do want you to come and enjoy the beautiful surroundings and basically to leave alive. <laughs> That's even, saying something. But I don't even know why you would want to swim there because visitors to the lake are often disturbed by the amount of blood sucking leeches. Oh, God. That's probably the worst part. <laughs> you guys, you see, guys, this is why I don't do water. And there's been a random alligator spotting or two. All the things of why you shouldn't be in this fucking water. Are, are gators in Georgia? I mean, I don't know. If no, no. I mean, it's like question, a random. But... Yeah, it's like a random sighting. And Hell, that was know. northern Georgia too, right? Mm-hmm. You so this story just keeps getting worse. Like, give me a ghost and, and just keep the leeches. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you do want to swim with the leeches, you won't get far because at Margaritaville, there is a fence about 10 feet from the shore to deter people from coming in the water. Smart. That's a liability. Pick- yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? I saw um, an article online that was like, uh, there was a comment. So it wasn't actual legit or anything, but someone said, I heard that 
they couldn't afford the insurance on having Margaritaville <laughs> on Lake Lanier. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't even want to go to the Margaritaville because my body's telling me no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, them bodies under the lake are telling you yes. <laughs> <laughs> they want friends. Yeah, but they all float down there. <laughs> <laughs> they all float down there. They want you to float too. <laughs> oh, God. I'm. You know what? I'm going to pass. You know, when we were talking about spooky tales, I'm like, I want to cover Lake Lanier because I think 700 deaths throughout its history. That is too, that's 700 too many. Since 19, the 1950s? Mm-hmm. That's not even over the span of 100 years. And it's 700? That's fucking outrageous. And that you could just randomly be jumping in and get electrocuted. That is fucking scary. I, mm-hmm. You know, you said they filmed the Ozarks there. Mm-hmm. Was it? You know, I thought the same thing. Yeah, when her dad got electrocuted. Uh, because Ruth's they, they rigged it up? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, oh, that didn't age well because <laughs> it was yeah. like a foreshadowing moment because Seriously. that was a few years ago and this just happened this year. I mean, I do believe the victim was in his 20s, which is really sad. He had his whole life yeah. ahead of him. I think after that incident and I think there were a few drownings after that, um, the Margaritaville was like, fuck this. Just come and enjoy the surroundings, have some margs and go home alive. <laughs> yeah, stay out of the water. Stay out of the water. Stay out of the water. Stay out of the woods. Two rules of thumb that I like to live by. Um, Yeah. So that was my story of Lake Lanier. That is unnerving, to say the least. Sleep tight. (laughs) We hope y'all enjoyed our stories tonight. Uh, Stay tuned. We've got a fun, spooky lineup for October. We've got Ash here that's going to tell us all about her witchy lineage and Rebecca Nurse just in time for Halloween. So follow us on Spotify and uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and Email us your personal stories. We love spooky stories. We want to hear all about your paranormal shit. Hexgirlfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And please follow us on Instagram, Podcast, And we also have a Facebook page. It's also Podcast. I do believe that Al is hooting our name. It is. So that means that we have got to go. Sphincter says what? What? <laughs> Bye. Bye.